Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And today we are going to go over the Q3 2022 earnings call for General Motors. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you might be asking yourself, why are we listening to all these earnings calls? What's the value in it? And the value is as, as, as we go forward in, you know, when we talk about the news and stuff, the earnings calls provide a lot of backstory that we don't always necessarily get in the news articles. So it adds some context. So I do find value in going through these. I don't find value in listening to the whole thing because quite honestly, there are parts of them that the the presentation is so dry and scripted that I want to gouge my ears out. However, there are some valuable things that we can learn through these earnings calls. So we're going to start off with Mary Barra's, the CEO of General Motors. We're going to start off with her opening remarks. We're not going to go through all of her opening remarks. I just pulled clips because I'm not sure how long she talked, but it was for a while. So we're just going to skip to the good parts. Let's go ahead and listen to our first clip where Mary is going to talk about sales of the Chevy Bolt EV and EUV. And the Chevrolet Bolt EV and EUV are selling at record levels thanks to their range, technology, and value. And in September, they outsold the Ford Mustang Mach-E more than two to one. To be fair to Ford, the 2022 Mach-E starts at $46,895, whereas the Chevy Bolt EV starts at, you know, $25,600. So if the Ford Mach-E was priced around the current Ford Mach-E was priced around $30,000. I think the Mach-E would blow the bolt away. And, you know, just to kind of add a hat on a hat here, if you were to put the bolt, if we were to price that at $46,000, um, I don't think anybody's going to buy it. So I think the bolt is a fantastic car and it currently is a fantastic deal. Anywhere between you know thirty and thirty-five thousand dollars is really where I think the bolt should start. 
So the fact that it's currently starting at 25,600 is really impressive. But comparing the two, a Mach-E versus a Chevy Bolt, isn't a good comparison because they are two very different cars. They may be in the same class of car, but they're two very different cars. All right, our next clip, we are going to learn a little bit more about supply chain and whether it's improved or not. While the operating environment remains challenging, our team continues to adjust quickly when and where it needs to. This is especially true of our supply chain and manufacturing teams. During the quarter, we completed and shipped nearly 75% of the unfinished vehicles we held in the company inventory in June. That's well ahead of the plan we shared at our last earnings call. As we've moved through the year, we have seen gradual improvement in the supply chain, including semiconductors. Short-term disruptions will continue to happen, but we're taking concrete steps to minimize them and build long-term resiliency. This includes signing several strategic supply agreements for mature nodes where supply is most constrained. We are also working directly with semiconductor suppliers and sharing long-term forecasts to increase transparency and ensure their planning cycles include our volume. I'd also like to recognize the GM China team. Despite disruptions caused by COVID lockdowns, morale is strong and the business has returned to profitability, and they are building momentum in China's fast-growing EV market. This includes strong sales of the Wuling Hongguan Mini EV, which remains China's best-selling electric vehicle, the September launch of the Cadillac Lyric, and the debut later this year of the first Buick EUV on the Altium platform. All right, we got a little bit more than just you know the supply chain there, but I, I think it's it's good information to know. I think it's going to be a little while before GM and all these other companies that are currently having supply chain issues get a hundred percent caught up. But it sounds like they're making good strides in this area. In our next clip, we're going to hear a little bit more about the EV progress, which includes new battery plants, um, some of the EVs that. Chevy's already, or GM's already announced. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Let's turn next to our EV supply chain and manufacturing base, where we are vertically integrating and scaling. To meet strong demand, we will soon be transitioning production of the Cadillac Lyric and GMC Hummer EV from using imported cells to cells produced at our Ultium Cells joint venture plant in Ohio. At the same time, work is underway for higher production at Factory Zero, as well as volume production at Cami Assembly and Ramos Arispe starting in 2023 and Orient Assembly in 2024. Construction is also underway on two more Ultium cell plants that will open in 2023 and 2024, respectively. This will help us meet strong and growing demand for the GMC Hummer EV, the Chevrolet Silverado EV, and Chevrolet Equinox EV and Blazer EV, along with the GMC Sierra EV and Bright Drop Vans. All of our 2023 launches are progressing well. However, due to a slight, slightly slower launch of cell and pack production than we expected, our plan is now to produce 400,000 EVs in North America over the course of 2022, 23, and the first half of 2024. We are always gated by quality, and everything we've learned will help us scale more than, to more than 1 million units of annual capacity in 2025 with even greater confidence. So the original goal was for GM to sell 400,000 units by the end of 2023, but because of some of these battery delay, delays, we're going to hear about that a little bit more in the analyst questions, but because of some of these battery delays, they've had to extend that out into the first half of 2024. Not that big of a deal, really, 
But if they want to hit a million EV units by 2025, they need to offer way more affordable options than just the Chevy Equinox, which is a great start. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the the Chevy Bolt is probably the cheapest EV with the range, you know, with the, with the specs that you can get right now. Um, it's way more bang for the buck than any other EV out there is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, they've sold a handful of them. I haven't sold all that many. I, I think I gave the number last week and I can't remember off the top of my head, but our last episode, but they haven't sold that many. So they're going to have to come up with something um, that's a little bit more mass market. I think the Equinox is a good start, but they're going to need some other things that are mass market. GM's actually going to talk more about their EV strategy on November 17th at their investor day. So I'm assuming we'll find out a little bit more about their plans then. Next up, we have more supply chain (laughs) updates. This time it's the EV supply chain and then some other EV news. So let's listen in. For growth beyond 2025, we continue to secure our future with strategic supply agreements and direct investments in natural resource recovery, processing, and recycling. The most recent example of the, is a strategic investment we made in Queensland Pacific Metals of Australia to secure cost-competitive nickel and cobalt. The new clean energy tax credits of the U.S. certainly validate our strategy, and they will be a strong tailwind to expand domestic supply chain capacity and drive EV adoption. As we scale the LTM platform, we have been very intentional to position the company for volume growth, but with flexibility, efficiency, and increased EV profitability over time. This includes fully leveraging the Chevrolet Bolt EV and EUV. We're planning to increase Bolt production from about 44,000 vehicles in 2022 to 70,000 vehicles next year because demand is at record levels. We will use our industry-leading loyalty to move Bolt customers into one of our new EVs like the Chevrolet Equinox EV for their next purchase. Our Bolt EV and EUV owner base should surpass 200,000 at the end of next year. If we retain them at our average customer loyalty rate of 64%, that's more than 100,000 future customers for Ultium platform vehicles. I believe we can do even better because our new EVs are that good. A lot of marketing speak there. It is nice to know that they are, you know, securing the raw materials needed to make battery packs and things like that. You know, and I know this is going to sound silly or maybe it sounds silly, but to me, when I, when I look at how much raw materials for battery packs, companies like Tesla are buying up and Volkswagen and Ford. It almost seems like there's not going to be enough for all of the automakers, but there is, I mean, clearly there is, but it just seems like it's so much that they're, they're, they're buying up. And every time I'm like, are they buying the entire supply? Cause of course, lithium and cobalt and well, not cobalt. It's a rare earth metals, but lithium is pretty regularly available and iron for iron phosphate batteries. That's pretty readily available, but it's just like they, it's purchased in such high quality quantities and it has to be of, uh, such a high grade to be put in a battery. It just seems like to me, they're buying all of it, but I mean, clearly they're not. So next up, we're going to jump into our analyst questions. The first question is about GM's battery factories and their slow progress. So let's listen to that. Thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. Um, 
Mary or Paul, maybe you could just give um, a little bit more more color on um, what's going on at um, at at the. Um, it sounds like at the battery factories, it's sort of causing a slight delay. There is that is that sort of a timing of of some equipment coming in or or some extra steps in terms of making sure the quality is there. Maybe just a little bit more more color on that. Sure, Joe. Um, well, one, I think we had a very aggressive plant launch plan when we started, um, you know, to build the plant. Let's step back and recognize that the Ohio plant is the size of 30 football fields, and it will employ over 1,000 people. Making sure we had all our people there and trained has taken a little longer than expected. Uh, also, you know, this is the first facility that we're working with LGES, um, and we're working together effectively to really leverage not only the expertise that LGES has, but what GM brings. And so uh, there's no one thing, but it has just taken a little longer to make sure that we're able to produce with quality. I'm very confident in the team and how they're working together. And, I, you know, I think we're, we're in that ramp, but because it's taken a little bit longer, uh, also um, from a, um, the, the battery pack assembly as well, both of those as we've ramped up are taking a little bit longer. And that's why, you know, instead of hitting the 400,000 mark at the end of 23, it's going to seep into 2024. But with everything that we're learning, uh, you know, it gives me great confidence that we're going to be able to start plant two, three, and beyond on time. And I have even greater confidence in our ability to scale to the million units of annual EV capacity in 2025 in the U.S. and and similarly in China. So it really is just getting that first plant up and going, recognize the size and complexity of it. But I, I'm really proud of the team of where they're at right now. All right. This is just kind of some follow-up on a story that we did last week. So it's nice to hear from Mary's own mouth uh, what's going on. Just in case you missed it, she said that the Ohio plant, the current, the one that they're currently building, is the size of 30 football fields. I don't know exactly how big that is in terms of square footage, but that seems pretty big. Pretty, pretty big. I bet. I guess I can do the math, but I'm not going to do it today. Next up, uh, Mary's going to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act and whether or not GM has the ability to qualify for the Inflation Reduction Act. Good morning. Um, wanted to ask first, Mary, I overheard you say in an interview this morning that GM's well positioned for the IRA. I um, was hoping you can give us maybe some color on the, the magnitude of the North America content and critical mineral sourcing or, or the manufacturing credits as you look out to next year. And, and related to this, your, your original margin targets, sort of midterm and long-term the 10% and 12% were pre-IRA. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on whether this could be accretive to that. Sure. Well, just um, to, to maybe touch on that last point, you know, we believe we are very well positioned, and, and we think we're waiting for the, the Treasury rules to be finalized, but we think it will accomplish, so it positions us with our strong EV portfolio covering the important um, segments to really um, drive affordability to, to spur uh, consumer adoption. So overall, um, we feel very well positioned. But if, if you look at it, um, you know, right now, over the 10-year life cycle of the credit, we will offer a number of models um, in the segments and price ranges that will be el eligible for the full $7,500 credit. And for us, many of these are going to be high volume entries. Uh, 
We do think some of the vehicles will be eligible for the 3,750 credits starting in January, and then we'll ramp toward full um, qualification across the broad portfolio in two to three years as some of the different supply um, you know, comes online in North America or in the United States. Um, we also think there's a significant opportunity to potentially leverage the, uh, the tax credit of up to $45 per kilowatt hour with respect to battery cells and battery modules produced in the U.S. So that's another opportunity where, again, I think we're better positioned than most because of our aggressive plan to get the battery plants and the pack assembly uh, in this country. You know, this might be one of those times when it is advantageous not to be the first mover, right? Um, GM, you know, just started building their battery factory not that long ago. And by the time they get everything up and running, depending on where they've sourced their battery materials, uh, they might be qualified for the uh, Inflation Reduction Act for those that $7,500 credit. At least partially sounds like the $3,750. So that's, that's good news for GM. Our last clip we're going to listen to is about cell prioritization. Because of the battery uh, plant delays and things like that, how are the cells going to be allocated? Let's listen in. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, good morning. Um, first, a, a quick follow-up on the uh, the delay in the uh, the battery ramp-up. Can you uh, please remind us which of the EV models we're going to basically use cells from this uh, plant you're ramping up, and therefore we'll see some sort of uh, delay in their volume ramp-up? And I guess more broadly, how are you going to prioritize uh, cell allocation over the next, call it, 18 months or so uh, when – you're a, a bit more constrained than maybe expected. Yeah, Emmanuel. So because of the uh, the Ultium platform, we really have a lot of flexibility. Um, so the the cells coming from Ultium, which you know are are now um, uh, in production, will be flowing. You know, first to support Hummer uh, production, and you know we have over ninety thousand orders uh, there. And then Lyric, which we have really strong, strong interest in both uh, the two model years, you know, we're already sold out for the availables and we have, you know, strong interest. Uh, but then as we get into next year, they'll be spread across also Silverado, Blazer and Equinox EVs for Chevrolet and some of our other models. So, you know, we will allocate them across all of those, uh, you know, somewhat based on demand and as the, each of those plants ramp uh, and, you know, we'll make that somewhat dynamically as we go next year, but we'll, we'll uh, spread them across all of those vehicles. And again, this is, um, you know, just a, a, a slight shift in the acceleration as we get into 24, because uh, we'll have a plant uh, coming online next year and the following year, you're going to see a, a steeper ramp. And that's what gives me great confidence in getting to the million units by 2025. All right. Uh, spoiler alert, folks. The cells that they currently have are going to go to the current vehicles that they're building and, and selling. And then after that, as they build more vehicles, those battery cells will be distributed out and they're going to bring more battery plants online and they'll be able to accommodate those vehicles as they build them. So just so everybody knows, that's how that's going to work out. I don't know. I, I kid. I shouldn't be so snotty, but it's been a long day. So I feel like snottiness a little bit is in order. 
All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. Or not this week, that is it for me today. We will have news on Friday. And we did this whole thing in less than 20 minutes. How exciting is that? Hope you all have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you on Friday. Oh, yeah, if you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. And if you want to be a part of our Slack community, email me. I'll just let you in. Um, I'd like more activity in the Slack community, and I think we just need more people. Unfortunately, I'm not going to just post the invite on on uh, on the show or whatever, because I, I want people who are actually listening to the show to be in the Slack and not just some rando bot to get access to the Slack. So I have to vet you, which is to mean I just need to make sure you're a real human being. So if you'd like to have access to the Kilowatt Slack, email me, Bodie, B-O-D-E i.e. at 918digital.com, and we will make that happen. All right, everybody, have a great day, and I will talk to you on Friday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.